Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. We're going to be wrapping up this series here in the next couple weeks. And uh, for those of you that have been here over the past several weeks, you know, we've been, uh, the series has been Who is God? And we've been looking at uh, the attributes of God, uh, but in a way that they are applicable, in, in a way that as we understand more of who He is, who God has revealed Himself to be through His scriptures, that it becomes um, a faith booster. To help us live differently because often we live, I think we, could, we can live in a way that we bring God down into our own limitations and understanding. And our faith is not as strong as it can be because God is limited. God is taken by surprise by the circumstances that we're in. or We don't feel that God can, can work in ways that go beyond what our understanding is, and it's just not true. You all, we're living in times where our God has got to become big again. He can't be reduced to Sundays and services. You know, to have a a real, the, the real, true, living God within us through his you know, Holy Spirit to have connection with the creator of the universe is meant to change the lives of his children so that it could point to something bigger than what this world has to offer. He needs brave people. He needs courageous people. And our courage doesn't come from our own ability because usually it's our own ability that creates in us fear It doesn't create courage, but our courage has to come from our creator, from our father in heaven, who has declared that all of us are fearfully and wonderfully made, that all of us have had works prepared in advance for us to walk in, and those works are accomplished through him, through us. So I hope hope that this series for a lot of you has been an eye-opener of who we serve again. Christ... God is not a denomination. Can I get an amen, please? Man has made it a denomination. Man has bickered over what should be allowed, what's not allowed, this or that, this or that. You see, then we get so distracted with with these little tiny, like these, these issues that we forget that God has placed himself within us for the expansion of his kingdom, not a denomination. We are all children of God. And because we've had such freedom in this country, I think we've been lulled to sleep. We've had the opportunity to bicker over a lot of things that don't truly matter and have forgotten who we serve and have forgotten the power of the cross, and have forgotten the power of the blood of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit within us to change us, to transform us, and to reach those who are around us. It's become a culture where that's the preacher's responsibility, (laughs) and we can't do all that. And so today, we're looking at 
Another uh, a couple more attributes. And this one's a little difficult because it, it, it ra- well, we'll just see. It, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. That's who he is. He's sovereign. It's supreme authority. All things are under his control. It's God's absolute right to do all things according to his own good pleasure. He is in control and over all things. There is no greater authority. He answers to no one. And because he has created all things, it gives him the right to rule over those. Let's look at Psalm 93, 1. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. He sits on the throne as a king, as the supreme authority. His rule never ends. He is presently ruling. Psalm 95.3. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above, above all gods. Man created gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. And we have been going over, over the last few weeks, all the different attributes of who God is, his omniscience, his eminence, you know, all the aspects of who he is. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He's everywhere. There is no limit. We just just wrap our heads around that for a minute. There is no limits for the God that we serve. Come on. There's no limits. I want you to just just absorb this. There's no limits. He has the absolute rule and authority over all the universe. And which is saying, there is nothing in the universe that occurs without God's permission. Come on. Now, with that knowledge, we also have the knowledge that we have choices that he has given his creation, mankind. He has offered us choices. He has given us free will. So this is where it kind of gets confusing. He's in control of all things, but yet he has allowed us to be self-determinant. He has allowed us to choose our own way through this life, but yet he's totally in control. So where is that? It, okay, we're gonna, I don't want to get ahead of myself. As I was studying this, I think my ears were smoking. But he gives us choices. I want, I want to read to you through Deuteronomy 30, 15. He's speaking to his people, the Israelites. See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away, choice, 
so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in this land which you, which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, what's this word? Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Do you see? It's like he controls everything, but yet he has placed before each and every one of us his creation choice. And it's important that he did so. We're going to understand that he is not a dictator. He does not want mindless people. He wants people that choose him and choose his authority. But I digress. You see, the fact that sin exists at all proves that not all things that occur are the direct actions of God who is holy. Ever heard that from someone? Well, if God's, you know, sovereign, if God is totally in control, if he created everything, why did he create sin? Well, he didn't. He allowed choice. He allowed obedience or disobedience. But he didn't create sin. But he did create a universe and a structure, a spiritual structure that allowed for choice because the most powerful thing that we own is choice. The most powerful thing each of us owns is choice and that's what differentiates us from every, I can't even say that, from each other is the types of choices we make, the types of choices we're driven to make. It makes us unique, but ultimately we all need to have the singular choice in common is that we choose to submit to the supremacy and to the authority of God. Now, I wrote this down. The fact that God is sovereign essentially means that he has the power, wisdom, and authority to do anything he chooses within his creation. Now, but whether or not he actually exerts the level of control in any given circumstance is actually a completely different question. You see what I mean? That's a different question. Because so many, who's, like, who's ever heard, if God exists, why does he allow bad things? Why does he allow bad things? Why doesn't he always intervene? And they usually say, that's why I don't believe in God. Because if he's so good, why doesn't he control everything and make everything okay? You see, but because God doesn't exert himself in a way that is pleasing to man all the time, it does not mean that he is not in control. We have to understand that. We live in the world that is a product of bad choices. But God still is in control. And some of you may t- today may be struggling with the idea that God is really for you and in control and desires good for you because some bad things have happened. But please do not let that create doubt that God is good. And in control. Because he is. He is. And he is able to take our decisions. And still work them for his glory. 
This is what we have to rest on. He is that powerful that he can take anything, any decision, any mistake, and still work it together for good. He can even take death and work it together for good. Because the cartoon version of sovereignty (laughs) depicts a God who must do anything that he can do to make things right or else he is not truly sovereign. But that's false. Like, there is this, if I had a bowl, this is a bowl, and I put an ant in the bowl, and my desire is that that ant does not crawl out of the bowl. Now, if that ant starts to crawl out of that bowl, You see, I'm not forced to crush it. I'm not forced to flick it back in. You see, I'm not forced to do anything. I can, for my own reasons, allow him to crawl out of the bowl. But the fact that I don't intervene, does that mean that I'm not sovereign? What? No. Couldn't I at any time squash that little thing? Couldn't I anytime flick that thing back in? But because I am sovereign and I have my own way and my own will and my own understanding, I can allow that ant to crawl out of that bowl. That's how powerful I am. You see, to not be sovereign is for me to put the ant in the bowl and then to helplessly watch that thing crawl out going, I wish I could do something. How do I stop the ant? Help! This is how people can view God. When things are not happening according to the way that they want, they all of a sudden feel like God somehow does not have power or the ability. But see, what we have to understand is that God allows choice. But in that, it's his glory. In that, it's for his will. He's always in control just because he doesn't exert that control in every minute situation does not mean that he is not in control. So let's redefine sovereignty. He is absolute in authority and unrestricted in his supremacy. Everything that happens is at the very least the result of God's permissive will. This holds true even if certain specific things are not what he would prefer. Is God good? Have you had things in your life happen that you didn't prefer? Does that change who God is? Is he picking on you? Did he forget about you? Did he turn his back for a second and say, oh, shoot, sorry, Russ. (sighs) Come on. So therefore, any of you that are... Facing extreme difficulty right now, know that the sovereign hand of God is still upon you. And that he can actively work things for good, for his will, for his purposes. And we have to stay within his will to understand and to live out what that purpose is. And it may not be according to what you think is good, but it's always for what he knows is good. And it's always for his glory. If we don't get this, life will tear you apart. 
And it will eat away at your faith. Because God, serving God, isn't with the mentality that everything will work out perfectly. We're going to see that serving God, we're serving him out of a reverence and a thanks. Because we don't even deserve to have him over our lives. Because you see, God is righteous. God is righteous. This is the other aspect of him that we have to understand that God is righteous. And in his righteousness, he created man to be a certain way. But yet he knew how man would choose and that he would crawl out of the bowl. But yet in his righteousness, we see and in his goodness and in his mercy, what he did was he didn't dismiss He didn't dismiss the standard of righteousness for his creation. But before time began, he already created a solution to get us back in the bowl. Instead of just destroying us. Righteousness is similar to goodness and holiness, but it differs in that it requires work to establish it. Holiness is set apart. Righteousness is acting from a place of being holy. Righteousness is... Is a matter of how you act. Is a matter of how you do. See, righteousness is a behavior that is morally justifiable or right. Such behavior is characterized by accepted standards of morality, justice, virtue, or uprightness. Where do we get our standard from? Right, God. From his word. God declares his nature through his law, through his word. And he put it there knowing that in our fallen state, he was like, this is how you would have to live to be like me. And that is not possible for any of you now because of what happened in the garden. All of you have been separated from me. You have pulled yourself away from my intended existence for you. Here is the standard, right? And so we still today, as we accept Christ, as we accept Jesus, his Holy Spirit will convict us according to the law, according to his ways, because he desires us to be righteous, to act righteously, right? We only have that hope because in his sovereignty, he created a system that brought us back into connection. He wasn't surprised by the decision of man that he gave man. But he said, I already know how these knuckleheads are going to choose. I think a lot of us walk as we think God is surprised by the mistakes that we make. And that our mistakes are outside his ability to fix and to forgive and to work together to bring us to our knees. He is sovereign. We have a real quick question. Do all of any is perfect righteousness possible for any of us to walk perfectly righteous? No. Let's look at something. Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but 
of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. He gave him a choice. And this was a two, two-fold death, a two-part death. It's a spiritual death. The connection that God had with man would be severed. And then that's when physical death entered into the body of man. This was not God's original plan. But yet, why did he put the tree in the garden? <laughs> why? If he didn't put that one tree, everything would be fine. But he did. We need choice. We need choice. If there was no choice, there would be an aspect of love that was missing. You know that? When someone loves you, they are choosing to love you. They're choosing to overlook all the things that may not be lovable to others. My wife chose to look at so many of the things that other people did not like, and she loved me. (laughs) That made me feel good. (laughs) God wants to be chosen. That's how he created it. We can't argue it. We may not like that, but it is the way it is. You know, yes, I want my kids to obey, but I want them to choose obedience. Yes, some days I wish they were just wired and had no no in them. Just yes. But that wouldn't take any work. (laughs) See, God created us after his own image, right? God's self-determinant. So are we. So are we. It's the greatest gift we have. But God is not surprised by how we choose to exercise our freedom. And he is so good. So good. And he is sovereign to the point where he already created the system by which we could crawl back in the bowl. By which we could reestablish connection with him. He could have just smashed us all. He could have just said, be done. I'm done with you, Adam. We're done. We're done. But he watched him eat. But his plan wasn't thwarted. His plan for desire to be at one with mankind, to be at one with his creation was not thwarted. You see, that's the victory. Genesis 3.21, after they had been found out, <laughs> it says, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. This is a very, very important verse in all of scripture because it points to the remedy. Because the tunics of skin came from animals that were slaughtered. <laughs> what did we read during communion? Without the shedding of What? There is no forgiveness. There is no release from the penalty. And so substitutionary atonement began there. Meaning something stood in the place as a substitute to shed its blood so that Adam and Eve could live. It started right there. That's sovereignty. 
That's sovereignty. We have to understand that even that mistake, that huge mistake that affected all of mankind for all of time, God already had a remedy. And that first sacrifice pointed to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because the law was just a shadow of the good things to come. And we are living now in those good things to come. We are living in the reality of the once and for all substitutionary atonement, which was Jesus Christ. And therefore, we are back in the bowl. Even when we're still not perfectly righteous. Crazy, huh? Hebrews 9.22, and according to law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And that word means pardon, deliverance, forgiveness, liberty. Anyone like that word? (sighs) Liberty. Anyone not feeling liberated today? Anyone feel that you outsinned God and His plan and His sovereignty and His plan of redemption? Because we can't achieve righteousness on our own. This is what we have to realize, you all. We can only achieve the righteousness, the state of how God, how God intended us to be through Jesus Christ. It's the only way. And he is perfectly righteous, and therefore he cannot have unrighteousness exist before him. And so he made, he created the plan, the remedy, the payment, everything. He made the plan, and then he stepped in and fulfilled the plan so that we could all have this again. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, be made right again. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, substitutionary atonement, that we might become the what? The what? Of who? In who? Do you see that? We become the righteousness of God in Christ. Because God's sovereignty established the way. And we can live inside that bowl as if we never crawled out. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ, in that news, in that reality transforms you and you become more and more like him. That's awesome. Does God know everything that you will choose? Did he supply the answer in the way knowing all of that? Is there anything you do that becomes a surprise to him? Does his blood cover your sins once and for all? Some of you may not believe that. Is that liberty? True liberty decreases sin. You know that? True liberty decreases sin. Bondage, legalism, actually increases sin. True liberty decreases sin and increases righteousness. 
But now, Romans 3.21, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Once again, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and all who what? For there is no difference. I'm going to stop right there. Do you see how this is God sovereign? (sighs) Only he could put the plan in place. But yet we somehow feel responsible for that plan. We add to that plan. We subtract to the plan. We somehow feel like God's not that good and not that supreme that he can see what I'm still struggling with and not be so shocked that he says, I don't want you part of my kingdom anymore. Uh Uh-uh. He is so sovereign and so powerful and so mighty, and he created everything that he looks upon. He says, here's the system. Here's my standard. They're going to choose to not live up to the standard, so I'm going to go in and create a system so that they can be before me as if the standard were perfectly lived out. What? Come on, y'all. It's Jesus in you. It's the Spirit of God in you. Is he going to cleanse you from your sin? Is he going to help you break free from those things that still hold you in bondage? Can you believe that? Can you walk in a way that says, I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of God. I have good works established before me. And I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to perform them. Come on, let's not sleep anymore. Come on. We've got to wake up, church. You all, we have to begin to accept the truth and understand that his grace can be offensive to our senses, especially when it comes to the pride of earning. Romans 3.23, for all of sin, let's read this one verse together, for all of sin and fall short of the glory in God. Raise your hand if you're part of all. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory in the holy and the perfection of God and his standard. That puts each and every one of us on an equal plane, doesn't it? I am no better than you. I am no better than you. You are no better than me. Even if you were like a missionary bringing millions of people to the Lord in some distant country, we're still on equal plane. Why? Because our sin disqualified all of us. And it's only through the sovereignty and the grace and the mercy of God that any of us have hope for new beginnings. Every day. Being justified freely. What? Anyone know what free is? Like if it says buy one, get one free. (laughs) What do you expect once you buy one? Did you pay for it? It's free. If they said it's buy one, get one free, but not really, we still needed like 10 bucks from you. That's a lie, but yet we can't accept the freely thing. We can't accept it. 
We feel like we have to pay our way out. You've been paid for. Freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He's the one, not you. He judges you, not you. Justification solves the problems of man's guilt before a righteous judge. Redemption solves the problem of man's slavery to the sin, the world, and the devil. And propitiation, the substitute sacrifices, solves the problem of the offense before our Creator. He took care of all of it. Blood. It's so awesome. You are right with God today if you have faith in Jesus Christ. Now look at this good news. Hebrews 10, 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. It just covered them. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifices for sins, what's that word? For me, I looked that up and it means Forever sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool for by one offering he has perfected for what's that word again those who are being sanctified the sanctification process is proof that you are his the sanctification process which basically is saying that sin that used to dictate you is no longer dictating you you're no longer in bondage to that you're starting to act in the ways of God And that is a process. And God in his sovereignty took care of every mistake you would make. And that good news, that good news should prompt something in us to want to start over every day. Guys, the gospel is good news. I think too often it's presented as bad news. We feel in bondage, and God is like, no, I put you back in the bowl. Whether you like it or not, I gave away back to the bowl, and it was through Jesus, my son. So with this, you all, I I don't know where all of you are in this. I mean, this is big stuff. This is big stuff. Each of you right now, in your mind, say, how does this apply to me, please? Some of you are tired. Some of your eyes are like this far open. (laughs) The real, the living God is present right now. This word is for everybody, no matter where you are in faith, for the non-believer, for the believer, and the one that's been a believer for 100 years. How does this affect you? Where do you lack liberty? Where do you feel in bondage? Where do you feel hopelessness? Where do you feel that you are outside the love of God? Are some of you still living in a reality where God is perpetually mad at you? If so, you've missed it. Guys, this has to be a game changer. And some of you today, this may be the first time you've ever heard this. Maybe you were dragged to church. 
Well, that's, gra- that's God dragging you right to the edge of the bowl. <laughs> Jesus is your slide down into it. <laughs> he is in control, and he sees your life, and he knew every step you would make, and he has brought you to this place no matter how far you've journeyed away from him. He is so powerful and so supreme. He has brought you to this moment, this time, to hear this news so that you could place your faith in him. Come on. This isn't a live faith. This is a real God. So come on. It's been a fun day. I just want to keep preaching. <laughs> 90 percent of you are like, don't. <laughs> I'm done. Well, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Oh, God, our Father, we we, we thank you for what you've revealed about yourself, even though it's still so far outside our ability to fully comprehend. We receive the news that you have placed before us. Thank you that in your full authority and your supremacy, Lord, that you look down on the decisions that we made, and you were not thwarted by our decisions, but you made provision for those poor decisions so that we could still stay in relationship with you. And nothing can break that. Lord, I pray that right now for key individuals that there can be a connection made with you that is transforming, that is a release of control and a release of of their own view of their own life, Lord, that they accept the goodness of you. Lord, I pray that you release fear and burden from shoulders now that they can rest fully in the knowledge that you are in control no matter what happens. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kingship, your lordship. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we bow down before you. We submit to you as our king and, and our authority. Your ways are perfect. Your ways are good. More numerous than the grains of sand. Bona Beach, Lord, are your good thoughts toward us. May we receive that good news. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.